In the summer of 1947, at the dawn of the Cold War, the U.S. Army Air Force sent out a shocker of a press release, announcing they'd recovered a flying disc from a ranch near Roswell, New Mexico. More than 70 years later, the incident remains a defining aspect of the area's identity. The town boasts a UFO museum, a research center, a flying saucer-inspired McDonald's, alien-themed streetlights, even an extraterrestrial family standard, and a broken-down UFO on the side of State Route 285 looking for a jump start. But behind all of the UFO mania lies an uneasy truth. The events that transpired that summer are anything but clear-cut, and with admitted cover-ups and conflicting explanations, it's led a lot of people to wonder, what actually happened in Roswell, New Mexico? You're listening to Casual History. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Casual History. How's it going, Jake? It's going really good. It's going really good, especially now that I've heard your subject, which I am extremely interested and ready to go. I'm ready to get really weird with this episode. Yeah, I am too. Um, I I had a conversation with a friend yesterday. Uh, we were kind of all talking about UFOs um, mm-hmm. ahead of the June 2nd or 1st release date, in quotes, um, of some more information around the UFOs and the United States Air Force and understanding what was going on out there. And so right. we we had a deep conversation about it all, um, a deep conversation about it all. <laughs> like the ones that, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and it just keeps going and going and then you kind of end yeah. up on the phrase of what you actually started off the conversation with. Of course. It kind of started there. Um, but it brought up this subject. Um, and I had another, funny enough, I know this is going to sound funny, but I had another subject ready. And then I had that conversation, and in lieu of the things that are happening and the videos that are coming out, uh, this is history, you know? And I think it's a pretty uh, apt moment to talk about one of the defining moments of uh, the history of UFOs and kind of how it became a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, you're talking like people have adopted it and like turned into a thing, like regardless of what happened technically yeah i mean it's it's definitely affected the area it's created a tourist spot yeah. for people in roswell like i mean it's become its own little thing yeah it's it, it was a really interest i mean you know you've seen the videos you've seen the documentaries you've seen the aliens guy with the hair and the memes yeah. like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's everywhere and it's always yeah. a, a question again for me have you ever had that thought? Have you th- had that question lingering in your head about aliens, other life? Is that even something that's ran through your head before? A hundred percent it has. Uh, I've, I've kind of, in my own conclusion, again, in my zero wisdom too, I'm just making up my own little conclusions, is I I don't know, uh, like I haven't really given much thought to the ones that have been released, like from the Pentagon, yeah. which crazy enough, like I don't know why I haven't really sat down and been like, I need to watch all these and like really assess. Yeah. But, uh, I believe there is life. I just don't know if it's like us life, you know, like, uh, our intelligence level, our class of life. I've always believed that like, yeah, a hundred percent. There are microorganisms, living things out in the universe. It is too vast not to be like just statistically just Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, mathematically about it all. Um, but I don't know this, this idea that there's like creatures, and not even creatures, but like, you know, beings more like us. Yeah. Aliens. That's that's the term that fascinates me more, yeah. if that's real or not. This is probably the best place to start is to kind of get a gauge of where we are and our bias. And then okay. <laughs> kind of talk about the the story of Roswell. Um, well, also, I was just going to say, um, I, I've been planning a trip for like months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do like a little road trip to Las Vegas and back. Mm-hmm. Uh here like in the next month and i literally set that as an itinerary thing of like if we're driving through new mexico yeah we're we're driving through i was like if there is a like alien themed gas station or like we get close i want to go yeah just for tourist reasons just to go and be a part of that culture just for like a second like that is definitely one of the things that we want to do yeah you have Uh, to that's got to be fun 
Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely one of my like, okay, well, if we get anywhere close, we need to we need to do something. I mean, realistically, stop what are you gonna buy some alien something? Yeah, that's really what I'm I'm thinking about. Is like, what do you actually do there? You you buy a Roswell T-shirt with an alien on it, or like I just think there. how cool that would be to have. I don't know. Something. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Something for a keepsake. You should definitely go if you're driving through New Mexico. Mexico, you might as well. If you're hitting yeah. through Roswell or in the area, you should definitely do it. I've never been, but um, I've been to Vegas, but of course not to Roswell. Yeah. Um, funny enough, we were looking it up, and I think, you know, like, it's really funny to say this out loud, um, but like Area 51 was like closed for the COVID, for COVID stuff. Yeah. Um, because we were looking that up. Yeah, right? Like, cause it's already, like, completely blocked off. You're not supposed to go. You know, you get in huge trouble. But, like, even just the out front area that is kind of touristy now that you can just drive up to Area 51 is technically closed. Yeah. Uh, but we were actually looking into that. Like, just just being in that area. So you, you would never turn into one of those guys that sits in the, the diner out front of Area 51 and you wait for the new lowly traveler to go stop through and get their breakfast and you hear them talking about it. oh man i wonder what's out there and you don't want to be yeah, the guy that turns around about, with like, an eye patch and go i can show you oh my god <laughs> dude that that's a, that's the dream is we <laughs> drive through dream? and we stop like there's no other person out there but yeah. there's just one lonely guy drinking a like a black coffee yeah. there by himself in the corner booth yeah and we just slowly walk up to him, and he's like, I've lived here my entire life. You yeah. want to know what really goes on here? <laughs> it's so public. <laughs> and we that, go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, it's so public, though. That whole thing has already moved, in my opinion. The moment it yeah. happened, they probably moved operations like the following year. Um, I thought there was already like evidence supporting that they moved main operations elsewhere because of how much yeah, popularity they got. did. I so can't it's remember. for sure just a regular base now, but it's just high security because people are... Have flocking you, to the area i'm not to get to two i mean we're all on base here but not to get too off the track but have you seen the yeah. bob lazar netflix documentary no i have not well he mentions another base like area 51 um and oh, he yeah. was one of the first people to ever mention it so it kind of gives him credibility that he worked there and again his whole story about aliens is fascinating and uh, the okay. way he describes it is really interesting um and he's one of the most believed people because he's got all the oh. credentials to back it up so if you if you're looking for something to to watch out there, folks, um, about yeah. aliens, and again, we're a history podcast, and so I couldn't, we I didn't are. know how I, this is history, right? Listen, there was an event that happened in history that no one can explain. Yeah, that is a historical event. What happened in Roswell is an historical event. We are yeah. a history podcast. We have to cover it. Okay, it's that important. I it felt funny to to do the research on because it is a history moment but it still feels like i don't know a little bit conspiracy conspiracy (laughs) a little pseudo weirdness i don't know but no man my ground basis here is i believe there are aliens out there do i do i believe that they're here i'm starting to with some of the videos they're are you okay um so but you know me i'm a we've talked yeah. about this where i'm on the you're scale. high on the mermaid yeah, scale we know you scale, so. listen um, listen i'll be i'll be the ying to your yang a little bit okay you know uh so, i don't know if those are uh, technically like real alien stuff that they've been releasing i don't know i don't know if i believe that yet this this podcast might be the one to convince me well th- i don't think that i don't think this will convince anyone i think what this will do is i'm going to try to provide um the again sometimes it's blurry in my mind when i think of what happened in there at roswell and so i kind of want to give a a overview of what uh, is known some of the theories some of the information that's come out afterwards and try to get a paint a uh, clearer picture from my perspective and what i've done uh just reading wise and research wise Um, all right let's do it so it was sometime between mid-june and early july in 1947 uh when rancher so it's uh the craft supposedly crashed on a ranch, right? Okay. The rancher right. was named W.W. Uh, Brazel, but he was known as Mac, M-A-C. He found hmm. the wreckage on his property in Lincoln County, New Mexico, approximately 75, 75 miles north of Roswell. Okay. Um, and so I want to say up to this point, there, there had been sightings of craft. So prior to this, this event... There was kind of a, a craze that was happening in the culture with spacecraft in general. And, um, again, there were sightings supposedly before this. 
that were coming in hot from uh, around that time, same time period. So like, oh, okay. like a month prior on June 24th, there was a pilot named Kenneth Arnold who claimed to have seen nine unidentified objects flying like a saucer would across water is direct quote near Mount Rainier, Washington, where we used to live. Yes. Um, And Arnold estimated that the objects were flying around 1,200 miles per hour. And Arnold was reported as saying in the East, uh, in East Oregon uh, that at the time there were known, no known craft that could reach those speeds. Okay. Right. And so the Air Force also said it had no new experimental planes or guided missiles that would fit such a description. And according to a U.S. Department of Defense report, that story became front page news. And the term flying saucer was born from that little uh, event that happened. So this Mm. was something that was kind of starting to, I guess, percolate beforehand. Um, sure. When he was describing them as crescent shape, and he named, and that's when the the term was coined, um, and so that was really interesting to me because again, I I didn't know when I was looking this up. Like, did this come out of nowhere? Was this like the first hit of, you know, I knew there were comic books and stuff before this about you know people coming down and what's the the movie that you love? Uh, oh, what's the movie that I'm thinking what? of? Back to the future. Back to the future. Oh, back to the future. And there was yes. comics that they mentioned that were back in the fifties, right? And it was about a space being. And anyway, that's a funny little connection there. <laughs> but I didn't know how nice. in, into the culture it was at this point, or was could this have been again seeing what they wanted to see because it was a it was a craze or a, something that was going on, right? Right. So I tried and to I tried to approach a, a it small spectacle. desert town, yeah, um, a hotspot. Exactly. You know? And I tried to I'm trying to approach this skeptic skeptically. Um, and that's kind of where my thought went. But so okay. uh, after the 1947 event in July, right, where Mac reports seeing wreckage on his property, the next day right. the R R the R A A F released a statement writing that, and this is in quotes, the many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force. Roswell Army Airfield was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers in the sheriff's office at Chaves County. Direct quote. Now, this was, this was put where? The R A A F. So probably they, should they posted me. it though. Like they, it was like a. Yeah, this was a quote. This was a, a statement that was released. Oh wow, you're joking. Okay. I didn't see. I didn't know there was any real press about it. Yeah. So according to the statement. And we're going to get into this figure, Jesse Marcel. But according to the statement, Major Jesse Marcel, who was an intelligence officer, oversaw the RAAF's investigation of the crash site and recovered material. Um, And so the following day, the Roswell Daily Record ran a story about the crash and the RAAF's astonishing claim. But as soon as that came out, the U.S. Army officials quickly reversed themselves on the flying saucer, the term flying saucer claim, right. stating that the the breeze that was found was actually from a weather balloon. And mm-hmm. releasing this photographs, right, again, releasing photographs of Major Marcel posing with pieces of the supposed weather balloon debris as proof. Do you know the photo I'm talking about? It's a pretty... Uh, I absolutely do. It's, yeah. it's ingrained in my mind. I've watched Black enough. and white, and he's kind of in his he's kneeling down. Yeah, he's kneeling down on his front porch with uh like almost like um metallic. Yeah. Like uh like an outside almost like a tarp. Looks kind of like aluminum st- uh, f- uh pieces. Foil, we should post yeah. that when we post this episode. Um Okay. Just so someone again if someone has never seen it, it's pretty cool to see. Cuz whether this was cool. a disinformation campaign that immediately got enacted and they're like throw some tin foil on there, tell them <laughs> it was a weather balloon, cover up this statement. This should have never went out. Right. Yeah. That's what it would seem to be. Okay. Okay. And so after that came out, I would do want to say another thing. Um, I want to jump ahead just real quick um, sure. to 1978 um, when there's a nuclear physicist, author, and UFO researcher, Stanton Friedman, interviewed Marcel. So the the figure that we're talking about, the the guy who is in control of uh, recovering the debris, um, who said that the discovery made 31 years earlier was not from this world. This is a direct quote, again, and that the government had ordered him to keep quiet. Friedman revisited the incident and sought out other witnesses, and his work inspired Charles Berlitz and William Moore to write 
The Roswell Incident, which was a book that was published in 1980. And their conclusion right. was really simple. And whether what it was, they didn't know, but there ha- they did know that there had been a huge cover-up. Okay. So, jumping back, okay, just again, this mm-hmm. is touching on the Jesse figure, who was the, the guy who was responsible for recovering the materials. It took really decades after. So, for decades, many UFO researchers were skeptical of the government's changed account. Um, and mm-hmm. in 1994, the U.S. Air Force released a report, finally, in which they conceded that the weather balloon story had been bogus. Um, and according to the 1994 explanation, the wreckage actually came from another spy device that was created for uh, an until then classified project called Project Mogul. Um, uh, so they're trying to say, okay, well, uh, we released that. We'll give it to you. To like disinformation <laughs> for something more secretive, yeah. right? Like and that's we, more believable. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, no, 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 you're right. You're right. It didn't make sense. We just made it up. What was really we happening was yeah. for this device. And this device was, again, another type of weather balloon that connected a string of high altitude balloons equipped with microphones, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was designed to float uh, over the USSR to detect sound waves um, at a stealthy distance. And these balloons would oh. uh, monitor the Soviet government's attempts at testing their own atomic bombs. Because See, project- this, this sounds realistic. It does sound realistic, right? Um, and because of Project Mo- Mogul was a covert operation, the new report claimed a false explanation of the crash was necessary to prevent giving away details of their spy work. Right. That sounds believable, right? But it took them that 31 years. That sounds like that's what happened. But it took them 31 years to come up with this lie. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I did there? to come up with this lie. <laughs> what I did um, there? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if it's a lie. That sounds the most plausible thing I've heard so far. Listen, when you're trying to appease the masses, you're going <laughs> to... <laughs> that's a foolproof story. Listen, that you, does sound like, incredible. But why did it, it take 31 years? Because because it wasn't a matter of national interest until like it got to a point where that doesn't matter. They can say that now because that instrument is now like I don't know uh, I, old. But there's other elements, Jacob, that doesn't line up with this theory either, and we're gonna talk about some claims. Um, okay. So there's other elements of the Roswell story, namely one of the few the big reasons or big ones being that some eyewitnesses claimed that there were bodies taken from the site. Right. I yes. Like, I see I've I've seen a bunch of documentaries I know. on this it's, and them saying they recovered bodies and people supposedly seeing bodies. It's well documented um, that there's people claiming this who was on site. Right. Okay. Um and so the explanation of a fallen parachute uh and you know what they came up with? Um what? Four year five Crash six test. years after, right? They said, Oh no, no, it was Project Mogul, right? And then, you know, there's more elements that came out of, well, there's people who are direct claiming that there's bodies. And then they come out in 1997 and go, oh, no, 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 no. They were test dummies that we had on Project Mogul um, that was, you know, that fell with the the crash of the the whatever um, balloon mogul. It was test dummies, Jake. We had it up there just, you know, Project Test Dummies. Right, so just keep adding on to your come story. On. Come on, Jake. Come Every, on. <laughs> come on. Are you sheep? You gonna believe this, listeners? Can you believe this? <laughs> I I couldn't. <laughs> what the government's trying to do? <laughs> trying to get away with this? Listen, but does that not sound fit? Like if someone's gonna lie, <laughs> you know, you don't just come out six years later and go, "Oh no, we heard about the new claims that there was eyewitnesses that said there were bodies." No, that was just that was actually just test dummies. What? <laughs> does that does that not you, you think that's suspicious jacob anybody who takes six years to come out with another lie that kind of i it just it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense but you've already see you've already made it up that it's a lie see i i see you're talking about it like <laughs> okay well, let's say it, it isn't a lie let's just say it isn't a lie and sure. they're telling the truth what's okay. with the time frame on that well what do they owe the public an explanation for you know like if it's a if it's a secret project, you're the government. Like you don't owe them you like think the all man the details of every single people? thing that happened. Huh? <laughs> oh, so you're one of those. And huh? so, no, I'm just saying <laughs> like truthfully though, like, okay. So if that happens, right. And you're like, there's no obligation to the public to tell. And so they come out and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that was definitely us. It was a secret project. Um, you know, sorry, it blew up like it did. It led people to the conclusions. Um, 
you're going to have to pull for that rest of that information. They're not going to be like spill their guts about every single detail that was in that balloon, the people that they're using, you know, like anything like that, all the little details. So it makes sense that the more people pressed on those issues that they were like, ah, here, this is what, this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> they're not just willingly like, you know, yeah. And that's crash test dummies. It, that wouldn't be the first thing you say unless people brought up stories about, Hey, I saw bodies. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, you can you can go down that route and and say that's all peach came or you can be a sheep all you want. <laughs> no, no, I want to bring up some other evidence because here's the thing. Majority of these other claims, right? The files that remain right. open um in the eyes of many many people, um they put great value on the testimonies of the people who were actually there and many of them mm-hmm. are respected military personnel. And so Right. A lot of these people that are claiming these things were people that were involved. Um, and so every member of Blanchard's senior staff, with a single exception, suggested that the craft was of alien origin. So hmm. that's a big bomb there. Take that for what you will. Yeah. Um, one of them being Kevin D. Randall, a retired lieutenant colonel uh, of the U.S. Army Reserve who served in Vietnam right. and Iraq, told all about space Um Major Edwin Easley, another one who claimed this as well, uh, the base provost marshal, told me, this in quotes, when asked if we were following the right path, meaning extraterrestrial, um, he responded with that it wasn't the wrong path. So these people who were involved, and they're being asked by mm-hmm. people, these are from the, you know, they're saying things like that. Why would he say that, right? Like, why would one of these people who is on the ground, and if they're asked... Am I following their path? Is this extraterrestrial? Extraterrestrial, And he goes, that isn't the wrong path. Yeah, why would he lead that on, Right, that story? Right. Why would he insinuate that if, if he I, wants it squashed and he wants all the hype to go away? I don't know that this guy... Right? These are people and people underneath. not to talk about this anymore. Yeah. These are the people underneath the power group, too. These are the kind of people that weren't all the way up, but they're like people in that were... Again, the Kevin D. Randall, who was a retired lieutenant... Uh, and Major Edwin Easley, who was a provost marshal um, in that group. So something to take with you yeah. as we go through this journey. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to jump to another thing. So Donald Schmidt, uh, he's a UFO researcher. That's a funny term, but hey, people are out there. They're okay. doing it. Um, oh, he yeah. spent nearly three decades investigating Roswell incident. Uh, and it is the co-founder of the International UFO Museum and Research Center in Roswell says that explanations uh, that the explanation makes little sense. And of course, he's going to say that this is what he believes, right? But sure. the flying saucer story, he contends, was so ostentatious that it was bound to draw attention to the area. And so with it, its sensitive military operations at the time, doing so would seem highly counter to the interests of the War Department. So he's saying, yeah, exactly. saying, why would they say what they said Right, they're gonna immediately want to to try to cut shut that down if a mistake was made because it would bring just the sensationalism to the area of people wanting to know what's going on when they had Area 51 nearby, right? Right, exactly. That's one of the most secret bases in the world up until recently, right? right. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, I say up until recently, people knew about it, um, but they've now like acknowledged that it exists. But it was like the secret facility for testing like new aircraft wait am i i'm not mistaken um, am i area 51 is nearby roswell here because what i have here is i i'm sorry if i'm it's in new mexico okay so i think it's in roswell okay well it says two hours west the reason why he says this and this quote goes on he says two hours west of roswell the first atomic bomb was detonated and you had ongoing Mm. atomic research at los alamos you had all this text testing of captured german v2 rockets at white sands and at Roswell, you had the first atomic bomb squadron headquartered. He says the thought that they would have intentionally set up any type of publicity as a distraction, if anything, they needed less attention. So Exactly. That, that is true. That is counterproductive. It would seem counterproductive to what they were trying to do. So it seems like it would it was not obvious it was a mistake. One thing one way or another, or something happened and again they tried to shut it down because of all of this that right. was going on. They didn't want more attention in the area than they needed. Huh. Interesting, um, Jeffrey. Interesting. Yeah. And so 
I'm going to keep going down this this thought hole and we can just keep talking about it. But another questionable theory <laughs> that got br- brought up that I read was it was advanced by um, the book Area 51, an uncensored history of America's top secret military base. Um, if people are interested in looking that up. But it states that the crashed flying vehicle was neither extraterrestrial nor the work of U.S. spies. Rather, it was an unconventional plan to induce widespread American panic implemented by the Soviet strongman Stalin. Oh, so it, oh, okay. See, so there's lots of like little layers to this, isn't there? There is. And again, it, I didn't realize all the possible theories that came out. Me neither. Um, but watch it be just something minuscule, you know, I I would see, that's where I get in and out of this theory because the backside of my mind goes, man, people make the biggest things out of the smallest, uh, hundred percent things. So especially things that they don't know. Yeah. They're not in the military. Their, their tech was like, again, like 20 years ahead of anything people knew about. Then that's what they were testing out there in that field. If something super classified crashed or some civilian found that, you know, it would look alien. It would look not from this world and you wouldn't want to broadcast that it's yours. Yeah. So we're on a roller you know, coaster like, of emotions right now. We're kind of, we kind of went, right. we went, started skeptical kind of went into it a little bit kind of dove into the atmosphere then we're kind of coming back mm-hmm. down going well wait a minute <laughs> right maybe we'll end up back right, in the right. middle trying somewhere. to pull it back a little um but this theory goes right this is a really interesting one um because it would go to say that uh, they explained the wreckage and it was described by um uh so like i said the the theory that it was by soviet union that supposedly that the bodies that were found were morphed or made to look alien-like and was crashed on purpose by the Soviet Union in a in some sort of craft to try to bring attention to the area that was going on again. The, atten- the area that they didn't want attention um, because all this stuff was going on, that this was supposed right. to induce panic and bring and basically make them scramble and, and move operations and basically disrupt their, their progress. Their plans, right. Because that was the premier place for a while right and so um it, it's really interesting because so you know that the jesse marcel which i mentioned at the front um the son yes. of the intelligence officer the son um named in the initial press report um, according to marcel jr's book the son of the head guy um the roswell legacy his father supposedly brought some of the ufo wreckage home allowing his son to handle the debated debris before he took it to his base and mm. a source who worked as an engineer at Area 51 for the defense contractor, EG&G, told the book's author, Andy Jacobson, that a veteran national security journalist and Pulitzer Prize nominee, that the program had been designed by Nazi concentration camp doctor Joseph Mengele. And according to the source, adolescent children were deformed by the Soviets to resemble aliens and then deployed in an aircraft to fly, fly over New Mexico. And according to the book, Stalin's plan was for the children to climb out and be mistaken for visitors from Mars, and that panic would ensue, and that America's early mm. warning radar system would be overwhelmed with sightings of other UFOs. Ah, uh, that's bizarre. You know, Is that like, not bizarre? I mean, I know we're talking. That's aliens, an extreme. But, that's an extreme strategy. But I mean, weirder things were. Man, if we know anything about, uh like you know germany at that time like the crazy shit they were developing that it like you saying that kind of sounds insane but for that time and what they were trying to do like it might not be that insane it kind it sounded re- rather again <laughs> we're talking aliens here and craft ufos so yeah maybe i can't say anything to that that line of thinking but that almost seemed more unrealistic than it being a ufo <laughs> But really? I don't know. Again, people I don't know, man. You had things. you had the Nazis like uh, developing air cannons. Well, this is from um, Stalin, like it's, crazy, it, crazy weapons using like ele- like stuff that creativity that people at the time weren't using that we know of. Yeah, well, th- this was like sub- they were doing really crazy things, right? And this was supposed to be from Joseph Stalin and the Nazi concentration camp doctor. So it wasn't, I don't think it was like an underground version of Nazis in the fifties. Um, okay. But I think it was, that's how I read this anyway. Again, I don't know. I don't know enough probably to speak on that, but that's how I took it. Um, so that's another theory 
something to, to mull on. But there's some, some more uh, interesting pieces here that I want to get into. We can kind of dive back in and maybe we'll end up in the center of what really happened. Um, but for now, I thought it would be good to take a break at this point and then we'll jump back into it. Yeah. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the ad um, that helps support this podcast and keep us running and able to improve. Isn't that right, Jake? Yeah. Definitely. All right. But, uh, Jeffrey, I really, really just want to get back. I need to know what happened in the desert in Roswell. Okay. <laughs> you have to tell me. I'm Aliens, give you, are they real? This is the official. Have they spoke to you? Yeah. This is the official. <laughs> <Are> they, <laughs> um, lo, this is the official history book right here. I'm, I'm speaking it out loud. Um, Perfect. If, if anybody knew, though, it's going to be the people who've spent time on this, and I don't think I've spent enough time on it. There's people out there that dedicate their lives to... UFOs in general and and, and Roswell kind of being the epicenter of that. But um, there's some interesting books and podcasts out there and and documentaries if people are actually interested in learning more about what's going on currently um, with some of the um, new footage that that has been verified by the Pentagon as uh, UFOs. They don't call them UFOs. They call them, uh, what's the phrase? Um, it's like UAPs, I think, or something like they changed the, the term, um, probably, oh, okay. probably for records. Cause you know, you can do record search and look, look throughs sure. and it just makes it probably harder for people to actually find what they're looking for, um, in public records. But that's actually another theory that we can get into that is actually real. They keep shifting the name of what they call these projects when they turn to public records. So they don't call them UFOs right. or, you know, aliens or they'll call them different acronyms to try to, again, throw some dust in the water, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, throw some mud in the water, but back to Roswell. Um, so we, yes. we left off on the theory about maybe it was the, uh, Joseph Stalin, right? Maybe it was a plan by the USSR to cause panic. And that was what happened and a failed attempt and, uh, kind of just led to this weird story that happened. That could be a theory. Um, but there is the thought that, um, and it could go, a long way in explaining the wreckage described by Jesse Marcel Jr., the son of the intelligence officer. Um, according to Marcel Jr., um, right after he brought home the, that wreckage, that he saw symbols that almost kind of looked like hieroglyphic-type symbols mm. on the wreckage. Um, he said it was metallic, and this is in quotes, I could see what looked like writing, and at first thought I thought Egyptian hieroglyphs. Um, but there are no animal outlines or figures. They weren't mathematical figures either. They're more like ge- geometric symbols, squares, circles, mm. triangles, pyramids, and the like, end quote. Okay. Um, so it's really interesting there. Um, yeah. And so when we're talking about Marcel as well, Marcel is really one of the big figures that r- this all rides on. He was, again, mm. standalone, then uh, not the standalone guy, but... Uh, Without him, there'd be some gaping holes of kind of really what happened. Uh, but there's sure. not. There's a lot of other witnesses that have come forward, incredible witnesses, who have high military rank, men and women who are prominent in their communities, who believe the craft was alien. Um, and there's these are some uh, quotes directed from uh, some good articles that are, um, again, talking to these people and relaying the information. But... We've attempted to eliminate the fakers from those who had information to provide. We've been taken in for a time by some of those fakers, but in the long run, um, after the investigation uh, follows through, that case um, was removed and many of the fakers uh, were basically just thrown out. And so they're trying to whittle down all these people going, oh, no, I saw what happened. No, no, I saw it happen. Right. Um, but essentially the point... My it, grandma's an alien. Yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> what? I wouldn't put it past you. But the point is that Marcel was backed up by other high-ranking officers and many civilians who were part of the case. Marcel told what he had seen and done, and there was little embellishment in his testimony. Um, okay. So uh, Randall, there's a guy who, who's kind of leading this article and one of these articles that I'm pulling this from um, when they were doing the investigation... He appeared in the documentary Roswell, the First Witness, and it follows the investigations of former CIA operative Ben Smith into Roswell. And a key part of this series is a journal found in Marcel's possession that was initially thought to have been written by him. 
So this is oh, where okay. it gets kind of interesting, okay? And again, maybe I kind sure. of took you on a little side boat there with that little monologue. No, no, but no. So it turned out this journal, <laughs> okay, uh, which consisted of quotes, lyrics, and jokes, could be dated to the time of the Roswell incident, but the handwriting okay. didn't match Marcel's, uh, Marcel's uh, handwriting. And so... Smith, the guy who kind of did this investigation and found this, pondered why the form- former army officer retained the journal at all. And there was speculation over whether it may have been uh, containing some sort of code um, and why it was given up. And if it did, however, it, could, it hasn't been deciphered by even the best of minds, according to the documentary. So, again, after Marcel's death, uh, they, they found this and it was like, why is the, it kind of stood out amongst the crowd of like, why is this something that he had in his possession? And it was dated to that maybe time. Maybe he just liked to doodle, man. Maybe he did. Maybe maybe dude was a poet. Maybe I need to know what was in this book, though. Like, <laughs> was it like poem? Like, he just said like songs, lyrics. lyrics, and jokes. Okay, well, not that suspicious. Not that suspicious. Maybe he just but, in his free time. But it's dated to the time like, period. Why is there gotta of, be a code? of uh, Roswell? But I don't know. It was it was okay. a piece that I thought was interesting that I read about. And I'm like, that's really weird. Um, yeah. Basically, Smith also sought to discover what was written in a document held by uh, Brigadier General Roger Ramey of the 8th Air Force commander. Um, he was an 8th Air Force commander, excuse me. During the press conference, um, it was captured in a photograph taken by Star-Telegram reporter. Right? If you see this famous photograph, um, in his hand is a report, right? And it's caught in, on camera like with the re- like you can see markings on it. Right. And it basically, okay, <laughs> the uh-huh. people have long wondered after again trying to do zooms, trying to enhance the image, uh, whether the words they struggle to make out refer to, this is in quotes, victims of the wreck is what supposedly read on the report. On the paper as he held it up. Well, it was just in his hand. No, it was like in his hand. Like he was holding it like in a press oh. conference. So if you see this video, there's a video, I believe, and a photo. Um, and we could post that as well in, in line with some of the other ones. But he's yeah, holding definitely. like his papers at his side, right? And the, the, the report is facing outward. So it got captured on camera. Wow. And so people have tried to like zoom First in. First of all, and, like, that's reckless yeah. on its own. Why are you carrying the real well, he's, he's doing a the press real shit around? You know? um, who knows? Yeah. But again, it's a source of debate uh, amongst people who go, what's on there? And they can't make it out. Still no one has been able to enhance or make out the words exactly what they say. But if someone did, hmm. they'd be able to see quite a lot, I think. Um, That's right. So that was really interesting. Um, and then there's another another little story here that I have that I wanted to bring up. And again, this focuses on the Marcel, Jesse A. Marcel. So there's one of the last known interviews uh, with him. Um, uh, basically, this guy goes in and tries to talk to him and, and get some answers. Um, and so... He's the last surviving person who was in Roswell that night and saw and touched the remains. His story essentially is different to the official line. And after two hours of chatting to him, the, the guy who goes in and interviews him, um, he's essentially very delightful. His family is, you know, really nice. He's extremely intelligent, yeah. sensible, straightforward people. And again, this is this guy's who, who's interviewing him, his perspective. He says, I have absolutely no doubt that the truth of what, Really landed in Roswell has been and it continues to be concealed from us. Okay. Mm. Now, Jesse is a qualified medic, um, an ear and nose and throat specialist. He was a military doctor for many years. He spent part of his childhood in Roswell because of his father, Major, Major Jesse Marcel, um, who worked mm. for the Pentagon in a very high powered role at Walker Air Force Base near Roswell. He was head of security intelligence uh, for atomic tests in the USA and Pacific and was the officer who back in 1945 had the grim but historic task of briefing the crew of the B-29 Super Fortress before the missions to drop the nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, wow. So that's okay. kind of, so a, again... Obviously, that's as credible as it right. gets, right? I mean, yeah. you would think. He clearly was anything but a flaky individual, right? As someone who right. attempts... As some attempts were made to smear him subsequently, and crucially, he had considerable insider knowledge of all the latest secret aviation technology from where he worked. Um, That was all under development at the time. So when Jesse Sr. subsequently maintained that what he had helped recover from Roswell was not of this earth, he was one of the very few people 
actually in position to make that judgment from an informed perspective. Okay. Okay. So that's where so that's a lot a of this deal. rides. This really rides in the one man. Okay. And so. Interesting. Again, I'm going to go through this and this is, uh, we could take it for what you will. The, What's really f- interesting though is its connection to now, like again, with the Pentagon releasing um, these videos and like up close and like even with like, yeah, just like in modern times of this happening. Yeah. I find that connection fascinating because like if this is one off story, right? Like it was before, before all these stuff got released, you kind of forget about it and you like chalk it up to like, well, humans can make mistakes. Yeah. Like we've taken small things and turned them into our imaginations and like made stories yeah. about plenty of stuff. Um, so, but like now that there's more and more stuff coming out uh, and like confirming and being official, it just makes this all a little bit murkier. Yeah. Even murkier for me, who like likes to go, like write that off as like, ah, oh, that's just humans being humans. Yeah. You know how that is. I told um, you. So, I told you we're doing a roller coaster. We just went from, okay, we're kind of into it. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, maybe not. And now we're back into it. And now you're you're, you're coming right. with the dark side, guys. <laughs> whoever's listening, we need to know your opinions. I need to know where you stand on all this. Yeah. So if you want to, just again, I'm not trying to plug in the middle of the podcast, but like, yeah. truly. Reach out to us on Facebook, um, Instagram, any of our messaging stuff, our Discord. Yeah. Uh, love to talk about this more. And if you have some like crazy info or some crazy theory, I would love to hear it because I'm always fascinated about aliens and like. Yeah, there's no there's no shame here in, in, in what you believe in when it comes to aliens. So let us know. Casual no, X man. history. You might be right. Yeah. Um, and so to continue on this story, right, with the, the guy interviewing the, the uh, Jesse. Um, Jesse described it to him in detail. Um, so the crash site was on a sheep station some distance from Roswell itself. Jesse told, uh, explained that it was first discovered by a rancher, which we already talked about, who noticed that his sheep were refusing to cross part of the grazing land, and that's when he saw the debris. Jesse's hmm. father was sent there to investigate, and he told me his dad brought home a foil-like substance that had some form of code written on it, and he told his son, and this is in quotes, this is from a flying saucer. You will never see it again. Bef- really? Yeah. That's a direct quote. Wow. That's ominous Just Jesse described it to, uh, to the interviewer in detail saying, uh, it was very thin, like aluminum foil, with some kind of coating on it, but not anything recognizable in the form of words. Any form of writing that was remotely recognizable as being from this planet. He said you could bend the metal, and it didn't matter how much you bent it or how many times, it would instantly revert back to its original shape. Right. And so... Jeffrey, sorry, not to go off on a tangent. I just literally watched a full video on um, there is me- uh, metal right now. This is this leads me into an even crazier theory that I kind of want to throw at you a little bit. Um, so I watched a whole video on a breakdown of a new metal type that when next to heat when heat is generated, um, it retains its original shape. So you, it's like imagine a paperclip, and you bend the crap out of it and make it into a weird squiggly, but as soon as you put a lighter underneath it, it straightens back to its original form, whatever you built, like made it as. Yep. Um, so that is real. Like that heat metal is, is real. Enough where like I'm seeing videos about it. Who knows how long the government has known uh, or had stuff in place that we don't even know about. That's right, Jacob. Uh, but it was built for space, like for space station stuff, right? Like to keep things rigid if like forces were enacted on That's it. Right, so Jake. the idea that some sort of <laughs> alien spacecraft would be made out of this, yeah. right? Yeah. Makes sense, right? <laughs> okay. So, but like, I'm, I'm dead serious. I saw this I know, video. I love so that how you makes started off as a skeptic and now you're like, wait a minute. No, this is the answer. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not a skeptic, but like, there you go. What if, uh, it's us from the future. If that tech oh, wow. you just, exists you went into all the way long there. form. Okay. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so what if, what if, um, time travel does exist yeah. in the future, right? Cause you're like, well, where's the evidence of people from the future then? We should be seeing it. Uh, we are seeing it, Jeffrey. Why don't, let's, They're making it do official. This? Let's give our theories at the end. Let's, let's wrap this <laughs> okay. up. No, no, no. This is good. I want to keep this, but let's wrap up yeah. our theories at the end for fun. And so people can stick around if they want to hear some crazy okay. theories that we've heard or talked about. Um, but I, th- I don't keep on that thought though. Cause I have a similar thought okay. after that that we can kind of get into. Um, 
So, right, we already know that Jesse's father was uh, the head person who was uh, recovering all the debris, right? And so mm-hmm. here's the thing. After the operation happened, all the debris was in trans- transit to Washington. And so for a weather balloon or even a cluster of, of more secret mogul monitoring balloons, as the official story later changed to, there was a great, first of all, there was a great deal of debris spread over a quarter mile. It took five trucks to okay. collect it all and a massive USAF freight plane to fly it all to Washington. Some balloon, huh? Mm-hmm. Why would you... F- what's Okay, you have a ba- base that does all this high-tech... Yeah. Inf- has all this high-tech... Um, again, aircraft you're running, you're dropping atomic bombs nearby. Why do you need to take it to Washington if you know what this is? If this is your tech from a nearby base, why are you taking this to Washington? Maybe they didn't have enough space, Jacob, Jeffrey. what's the point Maybe of they taking didn't have a place it to, to Washington, store it. You know how spring cleaning goes. Get it out of here. Yeah. Okay. You Jake. know another base okay. that has a storage unit open? Jacob, why would you take it to the president? <laughs> why? What's the point? Mm. Why not fly the president out to them? What's the point, Jake? That's the question. That's where this doesn't add up. I mean. So here's the thing, right? We have, I've yet to say the words. I've said bodies. Okay. I didn't say what kind of bodies. What Were kind of bodies? Were there dead aliens in the wreckage? That has to be talked about. That could be something that if this happened. Right. That is that's something it, that we is, have that's to claimed. we have to debate. Because Jesse was honest enough to tell the interviewer that he never knew for sure whether that was true, as his father mm. was forbidden to talk about it from then uh from then on. Uh even right. to his family. But he told me that or he told the interviewer that his father did tell him that three coffins were in the plane that transported the wreckage to Washington. Whoa. Again, this is all writing in that man's claim. Okay. But this is interesting, okay? okay? So some sort of a man. <laughs> <laughs> some years later, Jesse told the interviewer that the son of the rancher who made the original discovery was drunk in a bar. This is, again, kind of a rumor. And started right. boasting that he had kept a piece of that original metal. And that he hid it in his home. This is kind of an old story, an old rumor that, again, Jesse, the son of the senior, Jesse Sr., was describing as uh, just interesting, right? Because if this is a weather balloon, right? So supposedly the story goes that the son of the rancher was boasting in a bar that he had a piece from the wreckage after he was drunk. Um, And essentially a few days later after this happened, two men in suits uh, with CIA ID turned up saying he had a piece of the u.s government property and demanded it was handed over oh and i've heard about this this is not just this one i've heard about this story and a few other documentaries that i've seen that there is proof that this happened that they showed up to this house and there was cia okay it also not to be like again i I feel like we're living in the conspiracy we're swimming in it right now okay so why wouldn't you get rid of those people i know that sounds horrible but like if you're it's the military and this is a life changing event, if someone's held it in their hands, you don't know if they're contaminated, why wouldn't you take them in? Why wouldn't you take them in just to see you handled an alien material? We're just gonna leave you leave you be? Like you also I I don't know, like the stories about him like giving it to his son, having him hold it. He was like literally physically had it in his hands if the story that is. That was true. the son of uh Jesse. But my, my thing yes. is, if, if you're like that, you're not, I, I think that's, you make a bigger story out of it. Like, why? Like, what, what's the, you, they had a piece of it. So what? Who's going to believe them? No one has some, yet. You know what I mean? There's people that have this story out there, but two CIA agents show up at your door, demand whatever you have in your home that supposedly was from the wreckage. It's a story. Hmm. It's a, like, who's going to believe them? Right. right. You know, it's, I feel like you take him in, you do the whole thing, you make him go missing. <laughs> That's a bigger story. You know what I mean? That's a bigger story. It creates yeah, a bigger story. That's, that's not. If, I mean, I, if I'm running the CIA, I'm not. I'm going. Hey, keep them quiet, but don't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, you that's know? true. You know, that's true. I, that'd be my like intimidating. I mean, <laughs> intimidating. CIA, Make if it you're so looking for speaks. someone to, to run or be a part of the head, you know, folks over there, I I could get some stuff done. Just want to throw my name out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, like, you're right. I guess like minimal risk. Yeah. Right. Um, you try to silence them, you use all the pressure you can 
And if somehow he does squeak it out to somebody and like start talking and start like blowing this up everywhere, it's your word against the, like at the time, the government, right? Like against the full might of the government. So you're right. I guess the risk is pretty low enough not to cause that much of a stir, but I don't know. It just pops in your head of like, I don't, if, if someone touched alien tech, I would have brought them in, like done some tests, made sure that like nothing's rubbed off on them. Like, you don't know anything about these people if it is real. Yeah. Well, here's one one thought for you. So one question that Jesse, the the son, uh, expressed as a question that he had in his mind over and over was, if this was just a wreckage of weather balloons, why was Washington mm-hmm. so anxious to have every single bit recovered and still continue to go after any remaining bits years and years later? Hmm. And why would that be something that was on top of mind? I don't, again, just You're interesting right. thought that he, this is what he thinks about is what was expressed. Um, right. And so there was a government source that one of the f- first questions every new president uh, of the U.S. asks is uh, his pre- Pentagon advisor is whether there is any truth in Roswell. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. kind of that, that question that everyone wants to become president to know if aliens are real. Yeah. Um, we might find out before, you know, I have to become president for it. But um, <laughs> I guess yeah. here's the scary thing to that. And this is what Jesse said as well, the son, that he heard that it's true, but there is something that um, that's a little bit more scary than that question is that the U.S. presidents don't even have top level security clearance that there are several levels above them that are never attained and on a need-to-know basis for these programs because they're such an in-and-out-of-office type person. You are the one who's running, but there's levels of security that even they might not know. If it's not an immediate threat, then, uh, yeah, it's best not to tell as as least, like, you know, as small people as possible. Right, which is just... Because if they go back to being a civilian, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Right, which is an interesting thought to think about. So mm-hmm. I guess we can kind of conclude it there. Okay. That's really the information that I have on hand. Those are the stories, the reasons okay. why this is so interesting and the reason why it's still such an open mystery for a lot of people. Um, you know, like what actually did crash at Ros- Roswell on July 8th, 1947? Who knows? Was it a weather balloon, a new U.S. aircraft? You know, here's my thoughts to those kind of general questions would be uh, just to jump on that is how come Jesse senior, right? Didn't recognize it as such. Like if he's the guy who's involved in all of these operations, talent, like he knows about the new aircraft that's being made. Uh, he knows about the bombs that are happening nearby. Like he has that information. This happens. How does he not even recognize what it is? How does he stand by it years later that this was not of this earth? after being involved in all of that other new prototype uh, aircraft that's happening nearby. Like he knows this information. Why does he not recognize it? So again, it's standing on the shoulders of one man, but right. But still, it, it leads me to just go, well, he might be onto something, you know, he might be. Yeah. Um, man. so essentially that's really what I got for you today. Uh, that was my Roswell okay. story. And again, I hate to not have answers, but I want that is literally where we're at now. And it kind of leads up to some of the information, the photos and the videos that are coming out now where there's the 60 Minutes interview. I don't know if you watched that interview. Um, I haven't. See, I need to sit down and watch Here's one stuff. direct quote from there. There's a pilot who flies off the uh, Pacific, uh, U.S. Pacific Ocean. Okay. Not the U.S. Pacific Ocean. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. uh, the Pacific Coast. And essentially, he says, quote for quote verbatim, he would be interacting with these things every day for two years. That he would fly out over and you know do sweeps and they would do all kinds of flying maneuvers. That he, This would, would, this be, would be a consistent, it's a regular thing that they would see and interact with. For the two years he was doing that. He said every day. Every day. That's... So weird. So as more and more information is coming out and videos, supposedly there has already been acknowledgement that there, we have videos that are within 100 feet of a craft in high definition right. photos and videos of these things. Like we're starting right. to see, you see if, I don't know if you've noticed this, but each piece of information that is verified keeps getting clearer and clearer of what we're looking at. And so right. I'm going to be really interested to see 
as the June 2nd date comes closer to when they have to release all of this inf- more of this information. Is that all of it? Like you have to release all of it by that time? Again, they're not going to release anything they don't have to release, but I th- almost think this is a thing that's been in motion that they just want to get it out there, that people are ready. Just wanna, yeah, yeah. I think there, it might be something that it's obviously a conversation that can't be hidden anymore. I think it's just one of those sure. that... I don't know. Maybe they're not aliens. Maybe it's something that we're just going to say we don't know what these are, but this is something that we are experiencing on a regular basis and the public now knows. And so who knows? But that's that's why yeah. I wanted to do this podcast. It got in, started from a really interesting conversation about that that um, information that's coming out and led me down this oh, yeah. rabbit, rabbit hole of kind of when it first started. Uh the sens- sensationalism and kind of how it became culture, you know, and, and funny enough, I don't know if you know this, but Roswell really wasn't talked about f- for like 30 years until the seven late seventies and eighties when it became books and people did more research. Like there was right. a period of time where that, that, uh, excuse incident was sufficed. Like it yeah. was really not talked about. There's no books. There's real, no publications, nothing from that initial incident and they came back with this information, blah, 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 of this is what happened. There was a span of time where nothing came out until the... Si- so you're saying they thought they got away right. with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they thought they were successful yeah. um, in stopping our interests. Yeah. So that's okay. where we're at today, Jake. Mm, I like it. I hope you, I hope I like you guys it. It's always interesting. podcast. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really good. It's very good. Like again, like it's always good to like refresh that stuff. Uh, I didn't know all the details. I've seen a bunch of documentaries on this, obviously, as you do. Uh, which I, again, like I feel like I grew up watching the History Channel and you with me as well. Yeah. Like uh, watching all these little doc, like these little mini docs about it. Uh, but yeah, so my theory: humans from the future. Um, they acknowledge that. Um, humans go on and so it's not as like life altering but we've reached a point where like a little bit of time travel is possible and that's what the government knows that's what i believe right Mm. there there you go i I don't want to that's my conspiracy want to ruin any credibility of future podcasts (laughs) and and who you put your faith in people if you're listening this far but (laughs) here's 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 a thought for you there is a a direct video that you can go look up online um of a unidentified aircraft, not going to say UFO, just unidentified object that is hovering above water mm-hmm. and going at a super rate of speed. And they have it on, uh, uh, you know, one of those aircraft cams and they have it on radar. Oh, I, and it's I locked watched on. this video. This is a Jeffrey. different one, Jake. I don't know. Well, maybe you have seen this one. It, the one that speeds, uh, showed and it, it dives into the, the water, ocean, right? And it dives into yep. water. Mm-hmm. So my theory goes the three, okay. the, the ocean, Three percent of that is what we haven't discovered, or I mean mm-hmm. uh, that we have discovered. There's ninety-seven percent of the ocean we don't know what's going on down there. Mainly because it's too deep for anything uh, to survive. Anything, any, you mean any of our human 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 side to survive? Any of our tech, tech right yeah. now to survive? Yeah. See, we know that there's animals and things down there. We, we've seen the yeah, as far as we go. There's been living life and there's been things lurk in the deep and live in the uh crazy amounts of pressure and and we found crazy have you seen those crazy looking squids that are like a hundred foot feet long yeah their eyes are literally the size of soccer balls yeah so Um, all i'm saying is yeah those giant squid for sure i was an alien civilization and i wanted to keep watch (laughs) on some anthill and then on an anthill that was kind of doing some cool stuff i'm like huh like, like, <laughs> yeah. have you ever heard the theory the 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 um the ant colony in the rainforest? No, but like I get the, the theory idea. That you, right, I get the idea behind it. Imagine coming across an ant hill in it in the the forest, uh, the Amazon forest that knows how to uh, uh, make uh, let's say make nukes. Like you're gonna go what? what? Let's study this. <laughs> What's going on here? You know. You get, you're going to put so. a little enclosure around them and you're going to go, you know what, let's just keep checking up on them. Let's see what happens. Let's see what goes on. Yeah. There's no yeah, need to like get involved, but let, let's just see what's going Earth, on. Earth is a TV show on an alien planet yeah. and all those are just film crews. All those ships are just film crews around the Earth, you know, keeping checking in. Yeah. 
it's like the top rated show and all alien channels if, if they're high it, here's here's another thought last maybe thought I'll, I'll give is if they're so advanced let's say that this these are aliens that's what it is it's another right. civilization if they're so advanced i don't think that they would be in the craft whatever it is it would it makes no sense let's say well at least from my human perspective I'm going to send a drone. Right. I'm going to send a metallic drone that just has all sensors. And I can just send it to plant off in different directions. Let's send it to, let's send like a few to earth and let's just keep watch of, over what's going on. Like, I'm just going to send drones, sure. you know, it, like that's yeah, what, unmanned. Yeah. Craft. Unmanned craft. Why would I, why would I go there directly if I don't have to, like if you have the technology to go there <laughs> in your alien ship and not get out right. or do anything, why are you going? <laughs> a drone can do everything you need to do, you know? I mean, but what if, like, you're fed up at your alien job, you know, you're unhappy, your kid's demanding, your alien kids are demanding, you know, you're like, God, I got to get away, you know, I got to go on a vacation. <laughs> and We're so like the Grand Canyon you decide to go the, the alien to a small little planet. <laughs> <laughs> you go to a small little planet where you think nothing's going on, but it's kind of entertaining, and you're like, we'll go, we'll go to the desert for a couple right. of weeks, kids, and then you have car troubles yeah. over the desert. It crashes. The ant colony finds yeah. the men in the rainforest. That's true. You know? <laughs> it's I, like it's it's nuts. I mean, it's crazy. I think now more than ever because of the new evidence that I'm like, it's expanded my mind a little bit. If nothing else, if you take nothing else from all this alien talk, if you don't believe it, you think it's all completely crazy, I'm not even saying you're wrong. I'm just saying... The idea that we all need to open our minds to the possibilities because the universe is so vast that the numbers act like they demand it. Like there is life of some form out there. We don't know what form. We don't know how much, but like with how big the universe is, it's, it's an eventuality. Yeah. So I think if nothing else, it just expands you as a human, like expand your mind a little bit. Think outside of yourself. Really think about your place in the universe. Yeah. I feel like that's a productive thought from any of these talks about aliens, whether you believe it or you don't. Well, I would agree. I would agree with that um, line of thinking just based on odds that there would have to be something else out there. Um, yes. But also there's a good video that always breaks my mind quite literally is you've seen mm -hmm. them. I know you have the videos that start from your position, eye level backs up to the home level, backs up to the city level, backs up to the, the country level, backs yeah. up to the earth, backs, you know, just keeps going and going and going and yes. shows you the depth of, of how small we are in our place yeah, here. And, and universe. how everything is so far apart and it just keeps going back and back and back and back. I actually went to, um, one of those observatories, um, where they have the, you know, the projector that goes in 360 on, um, oh yeah, yeah. Some of those, uh, I know what you and mean. So they did, <laughs> the, there was a uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson um, one, and he he talks about the radiation of. Uh, that's how we're able to see a lot of these things is through radiation, and and it it, it took you through the again from the Earth and backs you up all the way through and shows you the scale at which we can conceive the uh, and what we can see. Um, of the known universe and it just completely breaks your mind in half. <laughs> yeah. So all of that breaks my mind in half. I mean, truly when you look at the moon, you're seeing the moon in the past, like hundreds of the years. Moon? I don't think it's the moon. I the think past. you're talking about other light, right? Right. It's not the moon. Well, I mean, star Starlight. light as well, because the amount of time it takes for even at light speed, that's how big our world is. Even at light speed, for that light to reach earth and to reach your pupils, right. And be reflected back and you to assess it and actually see something yeah. like that thing is millions of years in the past. The light that you saw was from something, a glimpse, like a photo of it millions of years in the past. Have you, that thing might not even exist when you're looking at it. Like that's how big I have our a thought for is. you um, that I, I read about. Have you heard of the, the here's one way that you could time travel. Or you could see what was going on on Earth. Let's say you have incredible vision. You're in a spacecraft. Let's say you, we're able to get outside mm -hmm. of Earth and we can create a wormhole where we can go 100 light years away from us in an instant. Okay? And then look back yeah. at Earth. 
and if we had a great telescope, you know what I mean, and we could see the light that was coming in, we would see Earth sure. from a, its existence. Like we yes. could see it by see, knowing the light, we could if we could bend time to go to that exact point of light, right? Because we know how far it expands at what rate. We could go to that version of a yeah, point, point in space. space. If if we had the technology, and be able to view it like TV, yeah, and be able to view. Oh, look, the Earth just <laughs> the dinosaurs just got wiped out, or you know, you would be able to go and yes. pinpoint within that light, that ray of light that's expanding from Earth. Um, you'd be able to see the past. Right there. See, that's the thing. I I do. Here's here comes the optimist take in me. Um, I do believe that the things that humans like creatively uh, think about can exist. I do believe in that probability that if we can think it, if we can, we can imagine things, uh, is even as like sci-fi as it sounds right now, like a lot of things are existing now that our parents and our grandparents thought are sci-fi, like that would never exist, uh, would exist in a very future world. They're here. Um, you know, even just video conferencing, what we're doing right here for this podcast Mm -hmm. was, to our grandparents, like space technology, stuff in sci-fi movies. Like I do believe that things, even as outlandish now, as you think of them, time travel, like being able to teleport with tech. Like I do believe the possibility of being able to make that happen is real. I do believe that anything that humans, our brains can come up with, uh, there's nothing that's going to be like, Oh, that will never happen in a million years. Cause I feel like that's always being disproven as time goes on. Yeah. So man, I don't know. Like it's, it, it's very possible to me that somewhere even like close or incredibly distant future, if humans make it to that long, that time travel, some form of time travel could exist yeah. and it could be what you're talking about. They, uh, humans have moved on and they're viewing us like, uh, a movie, but they're seeing real time. You wouldn't be able to get back to that time. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know the, the yeah. I'm not going to try to pretend I know the, the laws <laughs> of physics there. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, yeah, that's, man. that's our podcast. Let's end it there. That's a good little end note. Yeah. I like um, it. Thanks everyone for listening. If you made it this far, check us out on Thank you. social media. Casual X history is our at, um, you can find us on anywhere you listen to these podcasts. So if you're listening on Spotify and you go, you know what? No, I want to listen on, uh, Apple Podcasts. I want to listen on Breaker yeah. or uh, you know a few others. I just like to mention it. <laughs> There's a lot of good apps out yeah, there. We're available everywhere. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Uh-huh.